Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 23. This is Writing Excuses, serialization, 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. I'm Laddie. And we have our special guest today, Jen Court. Jen, do you want to tell our audience about yourself? Sure. I, I am a television producer in Los Angeles, um, which means currently I have not left my house in about six weeks. Um, and uh, I work with John Rogers at Kung Fu Monkey Productions. I also run a small uh, nonprofit teaching television writing to writers from underrepresented groups. Fantastic. So we asked Jen here today because as someone who works in television, she is uh, significantly more comfortable and familiar with uh, serial as a form than um, than people who write novels, unless you're, you know, like writing a, uh, a long epic thing with multiple installments. Most of us don't deal with a format that is involving um, a kind of these these small individual things that are supposed to be satisfying individually, but also are part of a larger whole. Yes, but that serialized model is becoming a lot more popular with Amazon and ebook and stuff like that. So we wanted to do a podcast and have Jen kind of talk to us a little bit about what works and what doesn't in that format. So one of the questions that I have, um, if you don't mind me just jumping right into the, how do you do this thing questions? Um, <laughs> we, one of the things that I've, um, that I'm aware of in the, uh, is that serials in the, the, um, the older style before we started, uh, bundling things and having them all come out, you know, a season come out, but, but a true serial, which is released, you know, one week at a time or, or in installments, um, often is responding to the act of storytelling while all at the same time having the long arc already planned out, but it's, it's responding somewhat to audience engagement. It's responding to surprises. So I'm wondering how much you're thinking about, how much you're thinking about leaving space for surprises uh, or, or discoveries as you're working. That depends somewhat on your show. Um, the tricky thing about television is that um, we write and film and edit long before usually any of it airs, particularly with the serialized show, people will often plan to shoot everything before the first episode drops. So there is actually less responding to audience uh, wishes and uh, things that make them excited. There's less of that than it might feel like sometimes. We're just very good at predicting what that will be. When you are in a medium where you can respond, 
I wouldn't discourage it. It's good to listen to people who give you feedback, particularly if the feedback is, oh, hey, that that person from a group I belong to, you got them very wrong. Please don't do that. That can be an excellent thing to respond to. But you also need to keep in mind the thing that you are driving towards in, in your storytelling. Sometimes an audience wanting something tells you you're doing it right. It doesn't mean you have to give it to them yet. That can wait. Yes. Uh, one I, of the things uh, we do try to keep in mind is um, emotional arcs. I, emotion should always be driving a serialized story, not plot. If you are chasing plot in a serialized story, you are going to do bigger and bigger and bigger things, none of which are going to be satisfying at all. You're trying to chase that high of the first excitement in the first installment. The best way to do that is by driving things from your characters, what they want, what they feel, how they're changing. And you must have planned that in advance. You can't start at the beginning and just write, hoping that your characters become fully fleshed human beings. You have to actually give them somewhere to go that's purposeful. Can you talk about the difference between um, plot versus emotional arc? Because for me, um, I always think about uh, the emotional arc as plot since there there still have to be there still has to be an inciting incident to begin an emotional change uh and and catalyzing points but but you're using them as two different things i am yes mostly because i so often see people who come in and have only done one of them so that is uh it has been useful to describe them as separate items so folks can learn to make them work together um if plot is the the stuff that happens, the MacGuffin you have to find or return or get rid of, uh, the ring you are throwing into a lake of fire, for example. The emotional arc is then separate from that. How do we feel about this ring? Is it shiny? Does it go with my skin tone? It's the, what is the what is the emotional investment in the plot itself, and how does that change? Uh, having a character who begins with, I want to do this, and at the end of the story still wants to do that, there's not a satisfying arc to that. The the wants that, and the needs that your characters have do um, adapt over the course of the story based on the things that have happened to them. The things from the, the story plot that are occurring to them change the things they want and need. And so those emotional arcs are the first thing that we look at when we're building a television show. Where does my character begin? Where do they end? What's the midpoint turn that gets me there? And then how do I fill in the things in between? Uh, the one season of, of TV that I worked on, the big lesson that I learned from that, the thing that I thought was really valuable that helped me to understand the difference between serialized and, and kind of regular prose novel was that I was not, I needed to focus less on changing who the character was than on watching them react to something, giving them something very interesting and meaningful that would challenge them in some way, and then watching them react and adapt to it, uh, which which is not to, to counteract anything Jen is saying, because I think it's the same principle. Uh, but for me, coming from novels, I was trying to make every story be a huge, meaningful change in the character's perspective on life. And that quickly becomes untenable when you're trying to put out, you know, a new episode or a new installment every week. And so which instead, show, just being, which show was it? Uh, it was a, a science fiction show called Extinct. OK, it was. Yeah, it, it, no one saw it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, go go for television it. Television is a 
there are a range of different reactions to it. We have um, properly serialized television where your characters are going to have to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so Downton Abbey, those characters grow. They they change. Sometimes they regress. They, they get a little muddled in there a couple of times. Um, or you have a procedural. If you have a CSI, your characters are probably not going to grow or change a ton. They pretty much need to end where they started so that you have an episode the next week. So in that regard, it's, there's a, a wide variance in the degree of serialization in television. D- never mind that it is an incredibly serialized format. It's um, Our episodic television does not have that kind of character growth. Properly serialized things do, and limited series especially do, because they are aiming at an actual end as opposed to aiming at an indefinite extension of the series. What's really hard about serialization is to find, to strike that balance between giving the the reader or the consumer or the watcher um, a satisfying ending and also something that will keep them coming back. So I was wondering if you had any tips for that or if they change according to the kind of series. So is it something where the characters change or something where the characters don't really change that much from episode to episode? I think there is wisdom in knowing when your show is done. There are uh, more and more people who are looking at beginning from a place of knowing we have three seasons in this show. That's what I'm going to write. Or we have five seasons in the show and that's what I'm going to write. The longer you draw something out to an artificial end, the less likely you are to keep people coming back and the less likely they are to be happy if they do. So having, having an arc you can actually build properly is important. That is a, that is a useful thing. You don't always get that. So you need to build a season arc, but think about it in terms of a series arc. It's, it's all fractal. It's math. Everything is math, even words. Uh, so if, if you're thinking about the, the five-act structure of your character's emotional arc, you think about that for the series, for the season, for the episode, and narrow it down that way and keep thinking about where's my character starting and where do I need them to end to get them to the next place I need them to go. Cool. Uh, I think let's pause here for... Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Our uh, book of the week, which is not a book. Jen, you had uh, pitched something to us. It sounded very interesting. Yes, indeed. Uh, I cannot recommend highly enough Fiona Apple's latest album, um, want to say it is bring the bolt cutters and please forgive me if I've gotten that wrong. It is only 9am in Los Angeles and, uh, it has been a long week. Um, but in terms of sheer words, it's fetched bolt cutters. Um, in terms of sheer wordsmithing, I think there are very few people who are as adept at evoking emotion through unexpected words as Fiona Apple. Um, and uh, it is well worth a listen. It came out Friday. It's available so, now. Excellent. So that was Fiona Apple's vegetable cutters. Fetch, Fetch the, the bolt, bolt cutters. cutters. Fetch the bolt cutters. I am definitely which... going to refer to it as vegetable cutters from now. <laughs> I will. Uh, that will be the name of my next vegan band. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on from our. Uh, um, as we as we continue into the next part of this particular serial, you you mentioned um, serial versus episodic, yes, which is I think a distinction that most people who are uh, are not thinking about when they're ta- when they're thinking about um, writing something that has more than one installment. Can you ex- unpack it for us a little bit? I, I'm pretty sure yes. that I knew what you meant, but I, I'm <laughs> going to make you do the work anyway. Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> episodic storytelling uh, in, in television, if you had, say, your CSI, your average medical show, um, you have a complete story that is contained within the episode. You start with a problem. By the end of the episode, you have solved that problem. There are often elements to any given show that might be more serialized. You might have a, a season mystery lurking in the background that runs through everything. But for the most part, you have um, each episode stands alone just fine, and you don't miss anything if you don't tune in that week. So that'd be episodic television. There is less room for people to... Uh, have those big uh, moments of character growth in episodic television because you really do need them to get back to where they started so that the next writer can just pick up and and write the characters they're used to. In serialized television, you're tracking a a season-long story or several season-long stories uh, that do need to have uh, an arc that covers all of them. Cool. So when I think about how to apply this... uh, for, for people who are writing prose, um, one of the things that uh, that I, I think is 
we we often talk about how you know a, a prose has to have a, char- a, a character arc. That, that I'll, I'll hear people say that a lot, and and I, my response has always been, well, no, it doesn't. When you look at like most cozy mysteries, there there isn't a character arc, so or at least not for the main the the protagonist. Um, so really, what's happening there is that those are much more episodic uh, than they are a serial. Yes. Where it's even something that when you're looking at a trilogy, um, even though it's enormous, it's still much more of a a serial. But it also starts to get into, um, I think, one of the things that happens to people on a chapter level uh, that were, uh, which we'll we'll sometimes talk about people uh, reading something that just feels very episodic. It feels like there's no progression. And I think, I think actually that that on your uh, your point about writing is fractal that that's essentially what's happening is that they are not treating each chapter as part of a serial they're treating each chapter as part of a an episodic uh television show so to speak that it's that there is no progression going on that seems entirely likely to me. The um, I do not write novels, so I will not speak from experience, but I do often see television writers uh, um, trying to work a particular scene and they are they're they're treating the scene as if it it either stands apart from everything else that's happening in the episode, in which case you should cut that one. Even if it's the, the best thing you've written, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't stay. Uh, or they are they're treating it as not having enough of its own structure. Even, even in serialized television or any serialized story, every piece you write also has to hold the, its own weight in the structure. If it's not capable of sustaining interest, you might not get a chance to prove how brilliant the end of your story is because your scenes have failed to, to carry their weight. Yeah. I just watched, um, something that uh where they clearly expected a second season to happen and it didn't and so the ending was incredibly unsatisfying yes dan what were you gonna say i i wanted to talk about that subject actually the the idea of satisfying endings um it, we, we're almost out of time but is there anything you can give us any good advice or tips on how to make each installment of a serialized story feel complete and satisfying while still, you know, working toward that ultimate goal. Make me feel something. Yeah. If you can elicit an emotional response, your audience will usually, not always, but they will usually be willing to wait for the next piece because you have offered them a complete emotional experience. Cool. Well, I feel like that's a uh, that's a good point for us to segue out of this and uh, hopefully leave you all wanting some more. Um, let's uh, let's give them a writing exercise. Um, does anyone have one that they'd like to share, Jen? I do. Yes. <laughs> um, Excellent. <Ooh>, ha. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that we do when whenever we build characters for our television shows. Um, I would, I would suggest that folks think about the protagonists they are thinking of writing next and go make themselves a, a little chart with two sides, one with a plus and one with a minus. And I want them to start with the negative characteristics that their protagonist has. The impulse is so often to build your protagonist up to make them perfect. And the most interesting thing about any character is their flaws. 
flaws become your superpowers. They become the things that make you interesting, that make you capable, that make you potentially great. So start with those things and you will end up with a much more interesting character than if you make them perfect right off the bat. That is great advice. So thank you so much. Uh, So this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.